Hello, and welcome to the Clear Studies Podcast, where we're learning the word together. I am your host, Bishop A. Reginald Littman. I look forward to sharing today's teaching with you. Stay tuned. Hello there. Welcome to a brand new year, a brand new season, and a brand new time of existence. Who knew that this new year would bring in all that it has from the old year? But you know what? Amidst all that we go through in our lives, it really doesn't matter. God is still God. He's still in control. And one touch from him can change your whole life. I want to invite those of you who may be listening to me who are not yet a part of our Clear Studies e-class to go ahead and sign up right now. It's very simple. There's no application. There is no cost. There's no fee. In fact, all you need is 15 minutes and an interest in growing in the word of God. That's it. And once you send an email to us, simply address it to clearstudies at gmail.com. Again, that's clearstudies at gmail.com. And all you have to do in the info line or the subject line is just simply write these words, sign me up or include me, anything like that. And here's what we'll do for you each and every Wednesday morning at 1030. We will send you the link to the free colorful PDF handout that is essentially a transcript of the teaching for the week that comes along with discovery questions that you can go through and go back through the lesson and you can learn as you deepen your personal study and application of each week's teaching. And of course, we're now in episode number 15. This is week 15 and we're going to Genesis 41. But I just want to encourage those of you who have not yet connected with the E-class. Go ahead. Get on board. We're waiting for you. And I think you'll enjoy receiving these emails each and every week. Well, today we launch now into Genesis chapter 41. And we're going to look at verse 1 through 14 from the Living Bible Translation. Now, when we last saw Joseph, he was languishing in an Egyptian prison. He was in prison, but he had broken no laws. He was in prison because he had done the right thing and honored God in his life. He was in the prison because he had refused the advances of a wicked woman. When we last saw Joseph, he was in a place of hardship, but he was still faithfully serving the Lord. He was a man who had his priorities in order. Wherever Joseph was, he could be counted on to be faithful. When we last saw Joseph, he was waiting for a visit from the outside. If you recall, in Genesis 40, verse 9 through 13, Joseph had interpreted a dream from Pharaoh's chief butler. When Joseph told the butler the interpretation of his dream, he asked for the butler's help in securing his release from prison, just like he was going to get out of prison. But when the butler was released from prison, he immediately forgot all about Joseph. So in our text today, we're going to watch as Joseph is delivered from the prison and promoted to the palace. We're going to see the unseen hand of God at work in this man's life. We are also going to see 
that what the Lord did for Joseph, he can do for you and me. He knows where we are and in his time, he knows how to bring us out of our prisons and place us in the palace. So let's join Joseph now once again and notice the circumstances that God used to move Joseph from the prison to the palace. And this is part one of from the prison to the palace. Now, Genesis chapter number 41, verse 1 through 14, reads like this. One night, two years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River when suddenly seven sleek, fat cows came up out of the river and began grazing in the grass. Then seven other cows came up from the river, but they were very skinny and all their ribs stood out. They went over and stood beside the fat cows. Then the skinny cows ate the fat ones, at which point Pharaoh woke up. Soon he fell asleep again and had a second dream. This time he saw seven heads of grain on one stalk, with every kernel well formed and plump. Then suddenly seven more heads appeared on the stalk. But these were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And these thin heads swallowed up the seven plump, well-formed heads. Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was all a dream. Next morning, as he thought about it, he became very concerned as to what the dreams might mean. He called for all the magicians and sages of Egypt and told them about it, but not one of them could suggest what his dream meant. Then the king's wine taster spoke up. Today I remember my sin, he said. Some time ago, when you were angry with a couple of us and put me in the chief baker in jail in the castle, of the captain of the guard? The chief baker and I each had a dream one night. We told the dreams to a young Hebrew fellow there who was a slave of the captain of the guard, and he told us what our dreams meant. And everything happened just as he said. I was restored to my position of wine taster, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. Pharaoh sent at once for Joseph. He was brought hastily from the dungeon, and after a quick shave and change of clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. Our main big point for this lesson is Joseph and Providence. And that may sound simple to you, but Providence is such an incredibly powerful word because providence means how God steps in and provides even when it doesn't make sense. You get it? Providence. To anyone looking at the life of Joseph, it must have appeared that the Lord had forgotten all about him. 
After all, he was a faithful servant of the Lord, but he was in a prison doing time for a crime that he had not committed. It only looked like God had forsaken him. God was working behind the scenes to accomplish his eternal purposes. God used three amazing turn of events to bring about Joseph's release from prison. A. We see the providential delays. The providential delays. And it's in Genesis 41, verse 1, which reads like this. One night, two years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. The providential delays. Now we are told that Joseph waited in the prison for two full years. Can you imagine that? You think that because you have blessed someone else's life, given them the inspiration, the clarity that they needed, given them the word of God and the word from the Lord for their own lives that they would need. And you think that as soon as they are released, they're going to remember you. But two full years passed by. That was after the butler was released. Now, we're not told how long he was there before these incidents. So we don't know how long the butler was actually in prison with Joseph. We just know that two years passed by and Joseph was not even an afterthought in his mind. God used the long, grinding years in the prison to teach Joseph patience and dependence. God placed Joseph in a waiting room and left him there until some very valuable lessons had been learned. You see, God taught Joseph to wait on the Lord and to trust the Lord in spite of the situation at hand. Have you ever experienced one of those waiting rooms in your life? I'm talking about a time when the Lord seems to have forgotten your address. I'm talking about those times when it seems like your prayers are not being answered. Nothing is going like you planned. And it seems that God is not even interested in you or your need at all. Have you been there? Well, providential delays are never easy, but they are designed to focus our faith and increase our dependence upon the Lord. But not only do we see providential delays in Genesis 41, verse 1, the A section, but we also see, letter B, providential dreams. Providential dreams. The context and Pharaoh's dreams reveals to us that these were providential dreams. These dreams caused Pharaoh much concern. And I suppose that if you or I were to dream about fat cows, skinny cows, and all of that other weird stuff that he had dreams about, we would probably be concerned as well. Verse 8 tells us that he was troubled. Now, this word has the idea of being disturbed or greatly distressed. He called for his wise men. 
Now, these were men who were supposed to be able to communicate with the Egyptian gods and share with Pharaoh the counsel of those gods with a small g. But they could not interpret the dream either. It would appear that God closed their minds and caused them all to draw a blank in this matter. And I know for sure that these men never heard from their so-called lowercase g-o-d-s. But I am also sure that in times past, they would probably have ventured at least at taking a guess. This time, however, they were silent before Pharaoh. To be a counselor without counsel in that day was a dangerous thing. Again, this is the providential work of the Lord in Joseph's life. God sent the dream to Pharaoh, and he also sent a blank mind to all of Pharaoh's counselors. God was working behind the scenes to accomplish his eternal plan and purpose. Isn't that a blessing? Pharaoh and his men thought that he was in control of everything and that everything that happened in Egypt was under the hand and rule of Pharaoh. But in truth, God was in control of all things, even the heart of the king. And this passage should serve to give us hope today. Let me tell you why. First of all, because our God is sovereign over all things. Our God is sovereign over not some things, but all things. Secondly, because kings rule at the pleasure of the Lord. And isn't that a great reminder after all of those things that we have gone through with the election? It's a wonderful reminder that kings rule at the pleasure of the Lord. And I refuse to worry, I don't know about you, but I refuse to worry anymore about elections and all of that that goes into it. Why? Because I know that God's purpose will not be thwarted by neither Democrats or Republicans or any other party. He will accomplish his purpose in this world. We are his and this world is his. And he has our best interest at heart. Now, before we leave this thought, I need to mention something. I mentioned it in an earlier teaching about our dreams. God does not speak through dreams in our day in the way that he did in the days and times of Genesis 41. In Joseph's time, they did not have the Bible. They didn't even have a complete revelation of God's word. We do. In our day, God speaks through his word, and he also speaks through his servants. The Bible is superior, however, to all dreams and all visions in several ways. First of all, the Bible speaks to many subjects, whereas dreams are limited in their focus. Secondly, the Bible is far more trustworthy. Anybody can read it. A dream is only known to the dreamer. Thirdly, the Bible is absolute authority. Dreams essentially mean nothing. 
And then fourthly, the Bible is certain and the Bible is fixed. Dreams fade with time. So put no faith in dreams and visions of the night. Instead, read, study, and build your life upon the word of God. But we also see not only providential delays, providential dreams, but thirdly, we see providential deliverance, providential deliverance. And that's in verse 9 through 14. Now, remember the context here. The chief butler finally shakes the cobwebs from his mind and he remembers Joseph. He tells Pharaoh the story and Joseph is delivered from the prison and brought into the palace. The hand of God is seen in this sequence of events. Joseph is brought to Pharaoh only when Pharaoh has been brought to a place of desperation. On any other day, this powerful ruler would not have listened to anything a prisoner had to say to him. But on this day, he had no choice. He was desperate for answers, and he was willing to listen to anyone who could possibly give them to him. You know, we would do well to remember that our God operates his universe on split-second timing. From the orbit of the tiny parts of every atom to the precise movement of galaxies, God has everything on a schedule. When we want to see something happen, we want it now, don't we? (laughs) We need to learn, though, that God orders events and the very timing of those events so that all of life runs on his perfect schedule. When did Jesus come to the disciples in the storm? When did Jesus show up at the tomb of Lazarus? When did Jesus arrive at the home of Jairus? When did Jesus pass through the little town of Nain? When did Jesus take a rest on Jacob's well? And when did Jesus go to Calvary? When did Jesus rise from the dead? When did Jesus come to you and save your soul? When will Jesus move your mountain, meet your need, and deliver you from your prison? I can go on and on. All of those questions have the same answer. Right on time. He will not be early. You don't have to worry about that. He won't be one second late. He will be right on time time. And I'm telling you, that's a truth that blesses my heart. How about yours? Well, listen, I hope that you enjoyed this session as much as I enjoyed delivering it to you. By all means, you must join the E-Class by sending an email to clearstudies at gmail.com. Again, that's clearstudies at gmail.com. And we will welcome you into the E-Class with weekly free PDF handouts of the lesson that include helpful discovery questions for you to be able to delve a little deeper and apply the teaching to your everyday life. You'll also be included with a podcast link that will bring you right back here each and every week. It's all in one handy email so that you don't have to go searching all over the internet. Hey, I love you so much. Thank you for listening. I look forward to sharing with you in the very next episode. Until then, 
May God bless you.